Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks. I am flying solo today, and I'd like to take a few minute moments to talk about authors, authors uh, from the Outer Banks, typically. I know there's a lot of authors that have written about the Outer Banks. Most of them have not lived here, and that's not a big deal. I still appreciate that, but I specifically want to talk about a few offer, author, a few authors that I have met or had a chance to talk to. And first of all, before I get into the authors themselves, I want to talk about some of the types of books. So I've been researching, um, looking at which books have been written about the Outer Banks, and they kind of fall into a few different categories. One is biographies. Of course, you have people like the Wright Brothers, Annie Griffith. You might have some lesser-known celebrities, maybe an Ernie Bowden or some of the women uh, of the Outer Banks that have helped shape this area for the better. Uh, we also, another category is historical, obviously a lot of history. And when you think about it, there's a lot of, um, when you think about it, there's been a lot of significant historical events on the Outer Banks, which is kind of amazing because it's a very simple area. I mean, we're just, we're not a huge metropolis. There's not a ton of people here, but we, we've continued over the centuries to have uh, a lot of significant things going on. Obviously the Native Americans had a significant presence here a long time ago. Uh, Lost Colony came here, uh, followed by the maritime trade and the settling of the colonies and that type of thing. The Civil War had a few incidences here. Obviously, flight was invented here. And World War II, this was a big outpost for World War II, uh, protecting the the uh, water channels, the, the, the supply channels, so to speak, and protecting our eastern coast. Um, another category is fiction, and I broke down fiction as, uh, you know, typically mystery, adventure, romance, and a lot of books have been written about that. I think uh, a lot of romantic people have, or romantic writers, so to speak, have uh, appreciate the Outer Banks, they, they love the Outer Banks, and so they decide to write something compelling and entertaining. And and that's actually, that may be the biggest category that I see um, from writers on the Outer Banks. Uh, of course, uh, a smaller uh, category is science. Obviously, the biological diversity we have on the, on the Outer Banks with the Gulf Stream right here. We have maritime forests, wetlands, the, you know, the bio, uh, just all the biology and sea life uh, makes it an amazing place. The hurricanes, just uh, a lot of interest in that. Finally, another uh, category is oral history. Um, there's generations of people that have lived here, grown up here, what have you. And, you know, there's a great book on the Nags Head Woods. There's a, a book on Buffalo City. Uh, and, of course, the people of Manio have just been here for, for you know, centuries. And somebody was, a few people have been smart enough to record these uh, conversations with the people about their parents, grandparents, what have you. So so there's uh, several categories that uh, uh, fall into place right here. Um, there are three people, three authors that I want to um, uh, focus on in this talk. And that is, uh, the first one is Audra Krieg. Audra Krieg is a person who wears many hats on the Outer Banks. Uh, I've had the pleasure to um, you know, know Audra for several years. I taught one of her daughters in preschool. I coached her oldest child, her son Joey, on the lacrosse team at first flight last year, and she does a little bit of everything. She's uh, 
quite the force of nature. And she put out a book called The Parker House. The Parker House is a children's mystery, and it takes place in Kitty Hawk Southern Shores. Uh, Audra, like me, lives in Southern Shores right next to Kitty Hawk. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I think it's one of those books, and, and, and most of these books, I will say, if you know the area, you're probably going to appreciate it a lot more. If you don't know the area, I think they're still good books, but you might not appreciate uh, some of the nuances that were written into the stories. And Audra loves to tell stories to her children before they go to bed. She loves to plug their names into the stories to make it more interesting. And she just took that that whole uh, recipe and put a, uh, made a book out of it. And uh, in, the, in the Parker house, she uses her oldest son's name Joey as the main character and Joey uh, I found it interesting would go to places like Art's Place which is a real uh, burger joint breakfast joint on the beach road in Kitty Hawk and he would you know refuel at Art's Place before he hit the surf and I you know having raised three kids on the Outer Banks I can't help but see the similarities with her kids and my kids um, just you know what what a, a day in the life is really like uh, you know if you're a kid living on the Outer Banks, you're, you're going to probably grab something, something to eat nearby, and then you're going to hit the beach and go hang out with friends. That's pretty typical. So definitely has a sense of realism uh, as she's telling the story there. Um, I am trying to get Audra on the podcast to record an episode. I'm still working on it. Hopefully she agrees to a time and a date we can get together. I think it would be great. You know, We can talk about not just uh, her book, but I think she may have some future projects in the hopper she's working on. And I know she does some other cool stuff, like she's a uh, beach photographer as well as um, a uh, person on social media. Anyway, uh, so check out the Parker House if you get a chance. Again, it is a children's mystery for young people. Um, I enjoyed it. I just, you know, like I said before, just how she shares some of the local uh, culture and community um, in the story was, was definitely kind of cool. Uh, another gentleman, another author, I should say, is a gentleman named John Rayleigh. John Rayleigh technically does not live on the Outer Banks, but he grew up spending every one of his summers on the Outer Banks. So he's got a firsthand knowledge of a lot of people, places. He's worked down here in the summers when he was in college, high school, and he knows the Outer Banks extremely well. So I give him a, uh, uh, a pass on being a, a resident of the Outer Banks. He, he's definitely earned his stripes there. And he's written two books based on the Outer Banks. And and by the way, he was in episode number four. Um, shucks, I forget. It's episode four or five. So he's, he's on one of our podcasts. And he wrote, uh, the first book he wrote about the Outer Banks is called The Lost Colony Murder on the Outer Banks. And uh, to take a little snapshot from the Amazon page. It's a biography and it's in, placed in the summer of 1967. A 19-year-old Brenda Joyce Holland disappeared. She was a mountain girl who had, who had come to Manio to work in the outdoor drama, The Lost Colony. Her body was found five days later floating in the sound. And it's something straight out of a Dateline episode uh, of, a, of a murder mystery. It's a real-life murder mystery. Uh, they still have not found out who actually killed her, although John Rayleigh does a great job of researching the subject, the, the police reports. He's interviewed uh, the locals and talked to a lot of people about it. 
And in the book, he kind of lays out in the final chapter, he kind of lays out who he thinks did it. And it's up to you to kind of, you know, believe it or dispute it as you wish. But I think he does a great job of that. And, you know, again, because he knows the the terrain, he knows the community, he, he does a great job of painting a picture of Mantio, a sleepy, quiet Mantio in the summer of 1967, when John Rayleigh was, I don't know, um, eight or nine years old or something like that. I can't remember, but he was a young boy when that whole murder went down. So he does remember it, and he goes back as an adult and reports on it. So definitely a very cool book. Uh, since then, he has put out another book on the Outer Banks, and it's called Annie Griffith's Manio, His Real Mayberry. And uh, to take a page, uh, to take a little quote away from the uh, Amazon page, uh, author and journalist John Rayleigh paints an intimate portrait of Andy based on interviews with many of those who knew him best on the sand where he lived and died. So Annie Griffith, he had a second home here with his first wife. Um, he he spent time here in his uh, when he had free time, and he spent his working days in California, uh, usually recording episodes of the Andy Griffith Show. Um, as you know, Andy Griffith, if, if you're my age, if you're 57 years old, and if you grew up in the D.C. area where we only had four or five TV channels, you, you were probably forced to watch a lot of Andy Griffith reruns. So I've seen quite a few Andy Griffith shows, very familiar with the show and, and the characters, and, you know, definitely thought he was, you know, he was just one of those idyllic uh, fathers who was very wise and very calm and, and just very cool um, uh, in his dealings with his son, Opie, who was played by Ron Howard. And I don't know, it was just a, it was a very wholesome show. And it's, it's very cool to know that Andy Griffith lived in Manio and he retired in Manio. He lived there till his dying day and is buried in the backyard uh, of his Manio home. So, it, uh, John Rayleigh, from what I understand in his writings, as he was interviewing people for his previous book, he started making uh, good friends and relations with those people. They began to trust him. And since Andy Griffith had been dead for several years, I think people finally felt it was okay to open up and share some of the you know more personal stories of Andy Griffith. Bottom line, he was uh, a private man. But at the same time, he was a generous person. He uh, he loved the community. That's why he chose to stay here and retire here. Um, and in return, the community loved him and they protected him. Um, it is kind of a private community. You know, they they won't necessarily open up too quickly for you. And and they eventually opened up for Andy when when they realized they could trust him. And and like I said before, they they protected him. Um, they didn't share any stories uh, with the press or media. They didn't dish any dirt on them. And even in this story, this book, they don't dish, you know, you kind of see the times when yeah, he got irritated a little bit when maybe his privacy was uh, was compromised or what have you. But all in all, he was still the same wholesome guy you saw on TV. And he loved Manio because, well, maybe not because, but it was very similar to his Mayberry on TV. So... And if you, if you know Manio, if you've been to Manio, you might agree. I would agree. I love Manio. I love its sleepiness. I love its how quiet it is. I love just being able to sit on, you know, 
you know, on the sidewalk at a, at an eatery and just talking to people. It's definitely a cool town. And if you haven't been there, I highly recommend it. The, so that's John Raley, uh, two books, the lost colony murder on the outer banks and Andy Griffith's Manio, his real Mayberry. Uh, feel free to check them out, grab those books. I think you'll enjoy them. The third author is Angel Corey. I have not met face to face, but I have reached out to her online and I am trying to sign her up to record an episode. I think she'll be a great guest to have. Uh, keep your eyes open for that. It should happen pretty soon. I'm crossing my fingers. But she has also written two books um, regarding the Outer Banks. The first book was called uh, Mantio, a Roanoke Island Town. And to take a snapshot from the back uh, cover of that book, it says, uh, basically, this book is an engaging story of the culture and life on an island, complemented by hundreds of photographs from the late 1800s to the present. Chapters devoted to the Lost Colony, Elizabethan Gardens, and the Elizabeth II. So this book came out in 1999. I think that was right around the century mark for the town of Manio, uh, or the celebration of the town of Manio as being an incorporated town, I believe. Uh, feel free to check that. But they put this book out. She put this book out. And just, again, you know, obviously interviewing and doing some research and, and sharing that with a lot of people. I have not read that book. Um, it's actually hard to, to uh, find. I tried looking for it, and but it, it can be found. And I probably should grab it because, again, I love Manio. I would love to see some of the old pictures and, and all that good stuff. Uh, her more recent book came out uh, just a year or two ago. It's called Between Tides. And to take a little snapshot from Amazon, uh, it's uh, based in the 1890s or around the 1890s. Between tides, a man deserts his wife at his post as keeper of the Chatham Beach Lifesaving Station to start a new family far up to the south at Cape Hatteras. That's an extremely overly simplified uh, uh, version of the story. The story is actually much more complex and much more complicated. Basically, he was the man with two families. He had a wife in uh, Cape Cod, and he kind of ditched her uh, seasonally, so to speak, and came down to Cape Hatteras and then uh, migrated to Manio, where he married another woman and had another family. Um, and for a while there, he was going back and forth between the seasons, spending most of his winters in uh, on the Outer Banks, you know, with, you know, there was hunting and life saving and this, that, and the other thing. And then he would go back up to Cape Cod in the summer times and, and probably do the same thing, hunting, guiding, that type of fishing, that type of thing. Um, I will tell you, um, the book is very poetically written and it's very impressive. Uh, when I bought it, first of all, I was kind of thinking it was some kind of romance novel. Um, I was intrigued by it because I'd heard the, the story behind the story, which was there was a, a real life woman yeah, this is a fiction. I should back up. This is a fictional book, but it's based on a real story. Uh, Angel found the the daughter of this man uh, and started finding out the story, and that intrigued me when I found out that that it had some truth and that there was a real guy here on the Outer Banks with this uh, very uh, interesting past. I should say, uh, I was intrigued. I wanted to read the book and just see uh, how she fleshed this out. And like I said, it's very poetic. Um, it, it's, uh, she, she took, uh, she definitely took some artistic liberties. I get it, 
but basically she didn't have a whole lot to work with. She researched it as best she could, and she found some interesting things, and she just kind of wove it into a story, which was really cool. When I bought the book, I was expecting just to fly through this book, and what I found was uh, very quickly was it was very poetically written, and that I was going to have to bring my A game because it was going to make me think, and I'm okay with that. I uh, I enjoy a story or book that makes me stretch my mind. Um, I don't like stuff that's written too simply. Um, I, I like good writing, and this made me it made me think. It made me uh, reread some sections. It made me Google some things. Um, it was definitely written extremely well, um, but it's, it, it can be complicated. If, if your mind wanders too much, you, you might not enjoy it, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I think she did a great job with it. Uh, somebody that reviewed the book said that you might want to, uh, start with the afterword first. And I might agree with that. I probably would agree with that. Because I'm reading the book and I knew the story behind the story. So I was, you know, kind of figuring things out on the fly. And then at the very end of the book, she has the afterword where she explains, well, this is what I found and this is why I added this and this is something here and here was a dead end. So I, I had to fabricate this. But the, the, and she, and it all kind of puts a, a perfect little bow on this present. And I would say that if you read that first, if you don't quite understand the story behind the story, you might want to read that first, and that might make the story go make more sense for you. And I think now I'm actually uh, rereading the book to prepare myself for this hopeful recording with Angel Corey. So I'm trying to get myself back up to speed with it because it's been over a year since I read the story. And I'm, I'm finding that the second time that I read the story, it's making a lot more sense and it's, and it's going a lot faster. And, and it's just a little bit more interesting. I can enjoy it just a little bit more. But like I said, I like, I like to stretch my mind and, and this was a good uh, place to stretch it. And again, what all these authors do is just they paint a, a, a very realistic view of the Outer Banks. I mean, again, Angel Corey, like the other authors, uses real life places, real life, uh, businesses, real life bodies of water. And, um, she just sews the story right into the, that, those places. And I can appreciate that. I used to own a water sports business, uh, for what, 10 or 15 years. I think it was about 15 years, um, over at Kitty Hawk water sports. I was on the Roanoke sound. I, I have boated over to Shalabag Bay in downtown Manio. I've been in John's ditch and in all these places she mentions in her story between tides so it's kind of cool to you know and she does an excellent job of painting those uh, a, a picture of those places so i, I love uh, hearing about it and she shares some of the biodiverse biodiversity of these places she talks about the fish and the crabs and the clams and the oysters and the shrimp, you know, and I've been in those waters a lot and I can definitely appreciate that. So, so that was definitely cool for me. So that's, that's my third author, Angel Corey, check out her two books between tides and Mantio, a Roanoke Island town. Um, and since I'm talking to you about the books and, and maybe getting those books, I should talk about bookstores. So I'm going to mention a few bookstores and uh, these are the bookstores I'm familiar with. There's a few more bookstores that I don't mention here. Um, you know, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you into one place or the other. These are just the ones I'm familiar with. So, and I should say that I do use Amazon from time to time. 
Um, Amazon is pretty cool. Uh, I, I do some uh, Kindle reading and, you know, on Amazon, you can get those Kindle books immediately and start, you know, diving into them right away. But I think there's just something cool about buying a real book from the author at these local bookstores. These local bookstores often have author signings. I think it's great to go out and meet those authors. Uh, I did get to meet John Raley face-to-face at a book signing at Downtown Books in Manio. Um, super nice guy. Signed the book for me. Um, you know, and I, I just think it's great. It's kind of a one hand washes the other. You know, the, the bookstores are helping the authors. The authors are trying to help the bookstores. And, and we can all help the bookstores out by just going there and and giving them our business and i and i think it's a good thing um and you know uh there's nothing better than gifting a book i mean i guess that i'm sure there's something better than gifting a book but i always think it's cool gifting a book if you really enjoy a book and you know somebody else that's going to enjoy that book you know buy and buy another book give it to somebody else and again you've helped everybody out and you've shared that you know something special with one of your friends so i highly recommend that um the bookstores what i'm familiar with so I've already mentioned Downtown Books and Manio. Love Downtown Books and Manio. I've told you I love Manio. I love walking around. And if I walk around, I'm probably going to swing by that bookstore and hop in there. I'm pretty sure they're open all year long. Um, you know, just a cool little place. They have a great table just for Outer Banks stories and authors and books. And I usually just hang out at that table and, and see what's out there and try to grab uh, something new. They have a sister store in Duck at the Waterfront Shops. If you go into the parking lot at Waterfront Shops, there's the, the Duck's Cottage, and it's a coffee shop. And I love going there and grabbing a cup of coffee, uh, maybe grab a, a book or a magazine or something, and walking around the Waterfront Shops, sit on a bench, and just enjoy my coffee and, and check out my new book. So I highly recommend those two sister stores right there. There's also Island Bookstore. Uh, there's one in Kitty Hawk right on the bypass, not too far from Trio. Trio's the uh, very popular wine bar and uh, eatery right there in Kitty Hawk. So Island Bookstore is right there. And that's a pretty large store, relatively speaking. Um, so you're probably going to find a good selection there. And they have uh, two sister stores. One is in Duck at Scarborough Fair, uh, another nice little shopping area right there in the, in downtown duck and the other one is up in corolla it's at the corolla in the corolla historic village which is right there by the lighthouse and if you listen to my episode eight with megan agresto uh the uh, the manager of the kurtuck light um that's just a cool little place right there you know she took me on a quick walking tour of the area and and you got the bookstore you got the village, the lighthouse, um, Whalehead Club is right there. I mean, it's just so many cool things right there that you can just walk around and check out. So highly recommend that. So so there's some bookstores you can uh, support in our area. Um, check them out. Uh, my call to action for this week is if you enjoyed this podcast, I'll, uh, please leave us a rating. A rating. Um, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify and leave a rating for me. If you didn't enjoy this podcast, please form a single line single file line behind my wife and kids, you will not be alone. Um, don't forget to check out the website, treasuresoftheouterbanks.com. You can always uh, sign up uh, for regular emails and get inf- this information on a regular basis. Be happy to send it out to you. You can unsubscribe at any time, but I think you'll find this stuff pretty good. I only hit you up uh, once or twice a week with emails, and it's usually pretty pertinent. 
um, and I'm not standing there with my hand out, you know, usually give you some good information that you can use. But that's pretty much it for this week. I will be back next week. I hope you enjoyed it and we will catch you next time.